Hi there, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. How are you today? It is a beautiful day here in Key Largo. Just did a couple things, taught my spin class earlier. I'm I'm back. I took care of some other things that needed to be done. Personal business. But I wanted to relate a story, a real quick story. I don't know if it's a story. I guess it's a thing that happens. At work, every so often, the owner brings in a box of donuts. And it's only six donuts. And there's six people working there. I don't know about you, but I'm a six donut guy. I can eat six donuts in under five minutes without breaking a sweat. And it's just the nature of how I view. I don't know how that, if that's related to me not drinking anymore. Supposedly when you don't drink, you just had so many, um, your, your body's had gotten used to getting sugars into itself differently. And for me, since I've stopped drinking, I've actually built up. I don't know if that's necessarily my sweet tooth could have developed just being just getting older. I know when I was younger, who I mean, I always loved sweets. But now it's it's almost a compulsion when I see them. I was more of I always considered myself a meat and potatoes guy. And young, I really hated vegetables. I hated vegetables. There was only like a couple I would eat. I'd eat string beans maybe, corn, peas, and that's about it. Maybe some plain lettuce. So now as I get older, I realize, you know, I one of those things, if you do take a long-term goal, I remember change is incremental. No one ever gets obese or heavy just in one day. It's just a long trajectory of putting more calories into your body than you are burning and different types of calories. So as I get older, I'm trying to preserve or slow down the effects. I always talk about slowing down the effects of aging so I'm able to be more productive as I get older because... I just have to keep on working. Or I want to keep on working. Well, I do. I have to keep on working, actually, in order to live. But I actually enjoy working. And I actually enjoy working out. But that's not the point. The point is, I realized that I have to eat a reasonable diet in order to maintain my health. And that reasonable diet involves uh, all those things I like, except um, meat and potatoes and rice and pasta and things like that, but also the things I used to be not so gung-ho about, and that would be string beans, broccoli, mixed greens, asparagus, uh, uh, what's the other one, Brussels sprouts, raw carrots, raw spinach, I'm not a yeah, I'm not a big fan of cooked spinach. I can eat it. I'm just not a big fan. 
But I, I realized that. And the paradox when you go into, when you walk into a supermarket, for me, I don't know if it's a paradox or, or conundrum or another word I should use. I should have did a little research on that. But when I'm walking down the aisles, <clears throat> these items that I intend to get, I know I have to get vegetables. Who? But I don't want, it's, it does not inspire me. A, a bag of Broccoli does not inspire me. Though I do know if I eat a bag of broccoli a week, raw broccoli, I won't be eating something else. Namely cookies. But that's what's competing for me. I see the display. I see the hostess display, the Entenmann's display with all their little cakes and crumb cakes and cupcakes, pound cake. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they draw my attention, much like if I was a adolescent when you walk into a convenience store and you see behind the counter, you see the adult magazines on the bottom shelf behind the counter, kind of covered up so you don't see the good stuff on the front. You want that. I want the entomins and the hostess and things like that. But I know I can't just load it up. I'm an adult. If I wanted to, I could just grab a whole shopping cart and fill it up with Drake's coffee cake or cookies, chocolate chip cookies. The supermarket we go to has an excellent bakery, excellent bakery, where they make cherry pies and chocolate chip cookies, different types of pastries. They make the Cuban pastries, the guava pastries. All those things. And as an adult, there's no one stopping me. Even while my wife might say to me, say, listen, you can't eat all this stuff. But I could eat it whenever I want, really. I can, when she's at work, and go by and eat it. And I've done it before. I've done it before. It's immediate gratification for me. But the reality is, this is how I feel. I only have... A, a limited amount of enjoyment out of eating something that isn't necessarily healthy for me, but tastes good. Something that seizes my attention. I'll enjoy it while I'm eating it. I will enjoy, obviously. It would be ridiculous if you say you don't enjoy ice cream, coffee cake, all the million things, cherry pie, Jello, pudding, candy. You enjoy it while you're eating. I enjoy it while eating. I can't speak for you. I speak. I enjoy it, but immediately when I'm done, I realize I did something I should not not necessarily partaken in, but the volume wise, the amount I, I've eaten. But that that immediate satisfaction is what drives me. He says, you know, you know when you bite into, <clears throat> you know when you bite into that cupcake, what you're going to get. But you don't think about how you're going to feel afterwards. The day afterwards. And they, or the day you do, you, if you're targeting a weight loss target. 
you know you'll regret it then. And eventually, if you keep on doing it and do it, you'll regret this. Uh, I regret this state of my body. So, and conversely, when I'm eating broccoli, I'm thinking, hey, man, it is not enjoyable. It's just chewing, chewing, chewing. Uh, spinach. I do like my wife does juice things. She makes beet juice, and that's really good. It's pretty good. Obviously, it's not the same as a milkshake. I don't keep soda in my house, though. That's the one thing I don't do. I'm not big on the sugar because I know sugar, 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 that's going to that's gonna get me. The way you ingest sugar and soda is a much better delivery system for sugar. When I say better, not better for you physically, but better for the sugar. It's easier to get into your body and you're just downing it and you're just directly... Uh, what would they call that? I mean, it's called, a, well, whatever. You're mainlining. You're mainlining sugar when you're drinking soda. Just a pile of sugar going into it. And when you're drinking it, yeah, it tastes great. It's enjoyable. You have the sugar, you get the sugar high and things like that. It lasts short. But the, the after effects in the long run, I think the negative... The feeling, uh, psychological, the physical, is much longer, and and the the negative impact of it, and it doesn't create a memory as much as the memory is when you first eat it, and the the, the healthy food, you don't get the immediate when you don't get the immediate, but you get the immediate, you get the long term. But it's long-term after you keep on doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. And I'm not suggesting that you can't always, you can't have one cookie, two cookie, three cookies. But the problem with me, like my drinking, I was a 10-cookie guy. And not a 10-cookie guy a week. 10 cookies every day. If, if it was my druthers. And that extends to everything that has immediate gratification. When I have something to do, important, but there's a whole bunch of things I can watch on TV, I get that immediate gratification of watching TV while I'm watching TV. But after I'm done, I realize I didn't accomplish anything. You might say, hey, you did accomplish unwinding. You have to relax sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But I also have to take care of business. And when I take care of when I'm taking care of something and doing something productive for myself, something that will further my, my goals. And that's what with the eating healthy is furthering to my goal. I want to be, be healthy. I have to eat healthy. In order to be successful, let's say, a podcast, I have to go and sit down, write, write a subject, think about what I'm going to be talking about, and go and do it instead of going and watching a marathon at Game of Thrones, which I was doing prior to this podcast. After I worked out today, I had a little lunch. And what happens for me when I don't eat in the morning and then I eat like a meal afterwards, I always get this immediate uh, I satisfaction from eating, but then I get this crash because my body's processing the food. And after I process the food, start processing the food, I get this low energy slump. 
where I need to. I'm ready to take a nap. I'm ready to take a nap, but I can't take a nap because I know I want to go to sleep tonight at a decent hour so I can wake up tomorrow and take care of the things I need to take care of tomorrow. It's an endless cycle. But almost everything that I, almost everything that I seek immediate gratification, and that could be blurting out when I'm in a conversation with someone or overhearing a conversation and I want to be witty. Almost that immediate gratification of saying something that I think is witty or funny is almost not worth it compared to like holding my tongue and just say, well, I just, I don't know exactly what they're referencing right here and I shouldn't just jump into the middle of a conversation. I'm talking about conversations that occur at the bar. And me interjecting my thoughts, my, I'm doing the air quotes right now and I go, my jokey wisdom, right? Uh, drinking was that way for me because I would drink and I would immediately, the first, while I'm drinking in the beginning, I'm feeling good, feeling good, feeling good. And then at virtually at one point, I'm overdo it because Eventually, the alcohol intake goes further, further. I'm trying to increase the effects. And then I do too much. And everything I gained from the first two drinks I've had that started to have me relax, be more comfortable, is wiped away. And then it's replaced by physical deterioration of my brain, my memory, blacking out sometimes, behaving poorly sometimes, and feeling guilty about why can't I just take it easy with that. And I'm able to do that. I'm able to be disciplined with my alcohol because it's so devastating not being disciplined for me to think about those things. But there's other things that... I don't try to curtail. I don't curtail if I'm driving around to get frustrated with someone driving in front of me. I'll take that path where I start thinking about how irate that person's making me because of their driving habits instead of just saying, you know, Jim, if you just got rid of that feeling of not wanting to label someone's driving as bad or, or poor or the person's an asshole, you're going to feel better in the end. Just take your time. You're no hurry. You gave yourself plenty of time to drive. Why worry about it? I mean, it, it's it, it really, in the extreme example, another extreme example is sex. When I was single, not attached to anybody, I would more often than not accept invitations to for intimacies that later I would regret. Later I would regret. regret. It's not something, you know, if I think about it, I say, well, I know I'll feel good. I'm not going to go over the physiology of, of sex. I'm just saying I know I'll feel good during it, but what what will be the after effects? What will that person feel about me? What, what do they think 
they're agreeing to? What do the, this woman thinks they're agreeing to? What type of relationship do they think we're going to have after this? I do. I do. I would never consider that. And go and do it. In the long run, there was an immediate gratification that culminates in orgasm, right? I'm not trying to be crude, and that's the way it is. But then there's the lingering effects of being, uh, what would you call that, promiscuous. Or leading someone on to think that there's more of a relationship than you're having. And you do it, and this is, and that could be violent. Violence is for some people. If some people get angry, they get violent. They do something, and then they immediately regret what they did. Arguing, being argumentative—that's immediate gratification. No, this is wrong. What you're saying, I'm going to show you how you're wrong, and I'm going to prove to you why you're wrong. And in the end, you regret having had to tell someone that, you know, sometimes there are important situations where you have to do this, but I'm talking about normal day-to-day things. So almost immediate gratification, though, is, uh, you know, I can't say all immediate gratifications are bad. Drinking a cold glass of water when you're thirsty is immediate gratification, And as long as you don't over-partake so you get sick, bring it back up. You're good. That immediate, sating your thirst is immediate gratification. It does have long-term benefits. But there's so many things that you, you think your body, your brain, your, you know, Psychologically, physically, you may want something, but in the end, the thing you want isn't the thing you need. The thing you need is not necessarily the thing you want, conversely. I need every so often, just for self-reflection, I need a reminder to go to a, I need to go to one of my meetings. one of my 12-step meetings. And that keeps me grounded, makes me think about what I'm doing, what's my purpose in life, and giving back some of the experience I have and getting a lot of experience from other people say, oh, this is how they handle it. Currently, sometimes, and this is what happens to me when it comes to something like that, I feel as if I have a handle on something, like not drinking, and say, well, I don't have to do that. I'm not drinking. I don't have no danger of a drink today, but what about tomorrow? What about the moment right now? I get cravings for uh, a drink in the weirdest times in life. Several weeks ago, not this past Sunday, the Sunday before, when my family was away, I went to a fundraiser for a local musician who was also a friend of the show, was on the show for a while. And while I was there, you know, I just people were sitting around having a drink. That looks so fun to sit around the Caribbean Club. It's one of our local watering holes, famous in Key Largo and outside of Key Largo. But 
there's hanging out, having a drink, then on a Sunday afternoon, watch in the sun, you know, because it's open, it's, it's a bar, you know, the two main doors are open, they got these windows open, you got the, they're on the bay, they see everything, got people putting their boats in the water, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, well, I'll just eat something, I stand around and say, what else is there to do here? I talk to a couple people, say hello, conversation. I say, oh, I got it. I just got to go. This isn't the place for me. There's a saying in the group that I go to. If you hang around for, hang, hang around a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. And uh, yeah, I'm a bartender. And after work, I, I need to be working, drinking water. Sometimes I do like I do like the zero zero beers that are out. Just for a, another reminder, if you are serving someone a non-alcoholic beer or non-alcoholic libation, that is could be confused for an one without calling it. Do yourself a favor, keep it in the original container that it comes in. I wouldn't buy big bulk, when it's a big bulk of non-alcoholic beer. I mean, I wouldn't buy a barrel, even if, I don't even know if they have kegs of non-alcoholic beer. Because once it's out of, once it's in a glass, you can't tell the difference between a non-alcoholic or alcohol, right? You can if it's in the can. The nice thing with Budweiser has, it. Budweiser has a zero-zero option. And when I say zero-zero, it's important to know this, that beers like O'Doul's, Klaus Toller, and St. Pauli, N.A., um, non-alcoholic always has a little bit. It, instead of 35 to 5%, it'll have 0.25, which is less than a tenth of the alcohol. So you'd have to drink 10 beers to get the same effect of one beer or one you know, low-alcohol beer. And you say, well, that's impossible. You, uh, you still feel, you can still feel the effects. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I don't want to tempt it. I don't want to go out of my way. And that zero, zero is my option, not drinking. And there's people that won't drink, and they won't drink a zero, zero because they worry about, well, listen, it's just the gateway. It just gets you that way. Like eating a sugar-free cupcake. Right? I mean, carrot cake, it has carrot in it. But you know what? It's not like you're eating raw carrots. There's sugar, butter, flour, all that stuff in it. And you're eating cake. And sometimes immediate gratification could be conversely that what I'm saying. It could be immediate gratification going thanking someone. Thanking someone for someone can give me a great immediate gratification because I have to go and tell. You know, I have to, it makes me feel good about myself that I appreciate someone. Yeah. Not all immediate gratifications are, are bad. But the, the flying off the handle, that's immediate gratification when someone's frustrating you. I mentioned to my wife the other day when she was coming back on 
They were coming back on a Tuesday from, was it a Tuesday or a Monday? And I was working on the podcast, on the other podcast. I'm starting to learn how to do sound uh, editing, audio editing. And it's something I'm not, I was telling people that, that when things are difficult, and that's another thing. When a task is difficult, you might, the immediate gratification of not doing that task. There's a comedian called John Mulaney. He always says, when you make plans, you sometimes you feel such so many obligations. And there's nothing more gratifying. Uh, he says, you know, a million percent more satisfying is canceling plans. Now, if you have plans that you're looking forward to, I'm sure that wouldn't cause you immediate gratification. But for some, some plans you do, there are obligations. There are obligations out there you have to fulfill. And you feel better when you fulfill your obligations. You're getting things done. You're wanting to do that. An obligation is going to a fundraiser. Showing support. Uh, making sure that you eat the right food. If you have an iron deficiency, go and say, well, I'm going to drink that beet juice that Abby made. I have, I, I, when I was younger, I had an iron deficiency. Interesting enough, my father has a thing called hemochromatosis. It's a disorder where you build up iron. Your body stores too much iron in your body. And you have to, he had to donate blood in order to drop the levels. And once he got the levels down, I think from what I understand from what my dad told me, when it was really high, he really couldn't donate the blood, though. Donating blood with higher and iron may not be necessarily a bad thing. It should be like almost like a menu for blood transfusion. Say, well, this is O-positive blood with someone with hemochromatosis, and they have high iron content. I don't know if the blood had necessarily high iron content. It's just the body was storing high iron. That's something I'd have to look into a little more. But I think my iron is just right where it's supposed to be. But being able to maintain, like, get something like drinking beet juice or drinking tea instead of drinking uh, a tea without caffeine. I do get immediate when I the first thing I do when I go into work and this is another immediate grant the I make a fresh pot of coffee and I start drinking coffee and I when I'm getting all caffeined up it's my caffeine is my drug of choice now my drug of choice and even though I don't know because the jury's still out when it come in the news you always hear don't drink this much coffee. Drink some coffee. Some moderate drinking coffee is good. You know, or drinking more coffee is not bad for you. It's good for you. When it's stuff like that, it's like, oh, well, it's not bad for me. It's not this. I'll just go and do it. Because the jury's still out. They, they're not exactly sure. But I do know how I get. I do how I know I get. I do enjoy it. And it's funny I'll drink that coffee and I'll think, this is, I'm feeling it. I'm loving it. If you see people that drink shitloads of, shitload of coffee, a lot of them, a lot of the people who are in recovery drink 
tons of coffee, and they smoke a lot of cigarettes. Cigarette smoking. Cigarette smoking. That thing. That was immediate gratification. Having a cigarette versus not smoking because of the addictive qualities of nicotine. Addictive nature of nicotine. That having that nicotine in your, going to your system provides it, but smoking also has the negative effects. And I'm not going to go over that because you know that already. Everyone knows that. I told you about that story years ago. I, I just beat the death. I beat the death a joke. Especially something I think I made up. And for the longest time, whenever I was smoking a cigarette for 20 years ago, and someone say, Jim, you do know how bad it is for you. Smoke is really bad. And I would look at them with surprise and look at the cigarette with wide eyes and go, really? This is bad for me? You know, if it was bad for me, I'd pull out the pack of cigarettes. If it was bad for me, don't you think some government agency would come and put a warning on the pack, such as smoking could cause cancer, or the Surgeon General has attorneys, smoking is a big factor in cancer, whatever it says. And then look at surprise and go, oh my God, are you serious? I've been doing this for so long, I had no idea. And the sarcasm. That was stupid. Because if I had gotten cancer, lung cancer, near then, I would have really had to eat my eat my words. So I'm not being a stoic or one of those people that say that wear the horsehair shirts and they're just sacrificing their life. And say, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do the hard you know, always taking the steps when you get into a, a building, not never taking the elevator, uh, a walking instead of uh, driving your car, eating vegetables instead of eating a cupcake. I'm not saying that's all the, all the time and things like that. And there's right situations where you do go and do and treat yourself. I'm just saying it's always the case if you can sometimes, sometimes forego immediate gratification there are long-term benefits and long-term satisfactions from it. At least in my case, it has does for cigarettes and alcohol and um, maybe a moderate intake of donuts instead of eating the whole box. And I'll leave you with this one story. I used to ride up to the mainland, whatever I had to do, had to go shopping, do some kind of you know, some kind of chore I had or errand I was running. I would stop at this Krispy Kreme donut place up at the top of the stretch. Before I come home, my intention was to get a dozen donuts and eat a couple and have the rest share some with my roommate at the time and I'll have some the next day. Well, let me tell you something. The, by the time I got on the stretch, which is mile marker 126, to the time I got into Key Largo, which is right, I lived around one, uh, about 24 miles south, 
from 126. And it takes about, let's say, 33 minutes. There would not be a donut left. And I kind of knew that because I had the opportunity to buy jelly donuts. And I love jelly donuts. But when you're driving, eating a jelly donut is not necessarily the best thing because, you know, you can drop I'm no need to go into that. But I was always like, I was eating old-fashioned donuts, glazed donuts, chocolate donuts. A dozen donuts on the way back. And then I go and work out. And then I have to go work out for a while. I do my, I modified my workout behavior in order to indulge my, uh, my uncontrolled eating habits. When I could have just said, hey, listen, when I moderately, when I do both moderately, instead of doing one extreme and have to do the other extreme. So it's like people that do cleanses all the time. They drink a lot. And then they have to do a cleanse or eat and say, oh, I've got to do a cleanse. I'm going to drink water and lemon for two days with cayenne pepper. So maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. Maybe immediate gratification works sometimes, but it's hard to, to balance those two sometimes if you don't have any control. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'd like to thank you for listening. I will be back on another day. Uh, take care. And if you have the opportunity, uh, I'll be releasing probably, well, I'll talk about it on my next show. I just released a new podcast called The Conk Chatter Podcast. And the first two were interviews I'm going to try to make I just because I want to get the sound right and things like that. But I'm going to probably put some small interviews and then stories and topics concerning the Florida Keys. It's for something for everyone, but uh, mainly of interest to people in the Florida Keys, maybe. So thank you very much and have a great day. I'm going to send you out with a little music, a little tune. Bye.